Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. Sure to appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and to help it to grow, I'm incredibly grateful for y'all humbled that you think it's worth sharing glad that you're here and as always Lord thank you for time to record the podcast to the people that listen to it guide them through their day and give me the words that you want me to speak One kitty cat, so far. We're consistently getting cool mornings, although the temperatures are going to get high again. Soon, I have seen. Which is depressing, but then I can't remember whether I told y'all or not, but we got a this Winter squash, fall winter squash looked pretty poor from a distance, but we got out there and had some pumpkins, butternut squash, acorn squash, and something that we haven't grown before called buttercup squash. Got a couple of those. And then we have some early fall late summer pears coming in that look about ready. So that's encouraging too. The birds didn't get all of them this year, (laughs) nor did the drought. So we'll see how that goes. We'll get going. We're going to talk today about our roots as a country, our heritage, a couple of colonial examples so we can see how we actually started even before we were a nation because you hear so often about how oppressive and greedy and destructive Pretty much any bad adjective that you want to use. The colonies were, Americans are in general. There's an example in here. Well, well, we'll read it in just a minute. So we're going to start with, try and get through two today. We'll see how far we get. Colony of Georgia, 1732, named in honor of King George II was founded by James Edward Oglethorpe Oglethorpe, sorry, as a refuge for poor debtors from England and persecuted Protestants from Europe. One hundred settlers moved into the area, quickly followed by Moravians, who were enthusiastic Christian missionaries and other Christian groups. As the settlers touched the shore, they kneeled and declared, 
Our end in leaving our native country is not to gain riches and honor, but singly this, to live wholly to the glory of God. Their object was, quote, to make Georgia a religious colony. And you got to say, folks, I, I feel like I have to time and again. Have we been perfect in our execution of these goals before we were a nation and as a nation? No, absolutely not. But when we've erred, when we've strayed, when we've done wrong, it's because we have not followed our original ideals, those principles of Christ that brought, that, that was really the impetus for colonials and then the country. And it's, it's along the same vein, I think, of, you know, you don't have to be a Christian in order to be an American, but we do have to acknowledge in order to keep this republic and freedom and liberty, the principles of Christ are the foundation, regardless of our own personal beliefs. I, as a Christian, as somebody who clings to Jesus Christ as my only hope, which I just got through telling somebody recently, because I do mess up so often, so frequently. I have no hope of salvation or eternal life outside of Jesus Christ. And so I can't, I can't recommend that you choose him enough. It is singularly the most important decision that any of us will ever make in our entire lives, our relationship with Christ. And everybody has to make it. And omission is a decision. A negative one. A rejection. But these people, by their own words, came to spread Christianity. You can talk about Columbus, who gets vilified so often today. And we'll talk about him again. Pretty, pretty soon, actually. <laughs> and and just the colonists in general. Wesley, if you know anything about the Wesleyan movement, Char John and Charles Wesley, who led the Methodist movement, served in Georgia as ministers and missionaries to the Indians, as well as the famous George Whitfield, who built an orphanage there. We're going to talk about the Methodist Church in a little bit. You know, it's interesting that so often a certain group of people gets criticized as being cruel and oppressive to Indians as a whole, right? A blanket statement. And yet that same group of individuals never gets any credit for going out and working to better the lives of Indians, building orphanages, and working to end slavery. And of course, the example with the Indians, it only works if you buy into the complete fabrication and lie that the Indians live this utopian, peaceful, kind, gentle lifestyle prior to the evil, mean colonists coming across. It's kind of like slavery. You can only make one group out to be the, the total villain if you ignore the fact that the people who actually sold African slaves 
were other African tribes. So the lies that our kids get told in school by the left, you know, the biggest, maybe not the biggest part, but it's, it's lies by omission. Well, we're going to pretend like African tribes didn't, weren't the first ones, the main ones to go and attack and capture other African slaves and sell them. And we're going to pretend like the Indians had this idyllic, utopian, uh, very peaceful livelihood where women were treated and children were treated well, the poor and needy were cared for before these evil colonists came. And then we're going to ignore the work that the colonists the preachers, the missionaries, the ministers, the everyday Christians did. Provincial Congress of Georgia, July 4th, 1775. The Congress being returned, a motion was made and seconded that the thanks of this Congress be given to the Reverend Dr. Zubli for the excellent sermon that he preached this Sunday to the members, which was unanimously agreed to. <laughs> Again, Public life, official life, pastor coming in to talk to the Provincial Congress in Georgia and so many others, folks, including our Continental Congress. Again, July 5th, 1775, Provincial Congress of Georgia. A motion was made and seconded that this Congress apply to His Excellency the Governor by message requesting him to appoint a day of fasting and prayer throughout the province on account of the disputes subsisting between America and the parent state, which being unanimously passed in the affirmative. A couple things this shows here, one of them we don't have time to get into today, and that is how, how deeply the colonists tried to reconcile with Britain and, and how long, this is 1775, and they're still praying about this dispute this break and the other is again public life christianity uh, america is not a muslim nation not an atheist nation not a secular nation it was founded as a christian nation by christians based on the principles of christ one of those being freedom of religion you get the right to choose to accept jesus christ or reject him god gives us that right that ability and so we can't force anyone else to choose or not to choose but as a nation as a public in, in the public part of our life if we reject god and jesus christ as we've done for the last 80 years we can't hope or expect anything but destruction which is what you see in our public life and in our institutions education law enforcement nationally uh, court systems just across the board, politicians. And then in our personal lives as well, marriages, families, children. It's, it's the connections blatant, folks, if you really want to look and see it. I had a comment recently from one of y'all talking about the fact that we can't go in and cherry pick. It was a response to one of the recent podcasts on God men and women. Oh, and that's a hot topic these days and has been for decades. Feminism. I've got my rights as a woman, etc., etc. Men are evil, whatever. You take it however far you want. 
But as soon as we start rejecting the commands of God in any area, we open the door for the devil, we open the door for Satan, we open the door for pain, uh, chaos. And that's what you see, folks. And again, I say this so often, if, if you don't believe it, <laughs> go walk the halls of any school in the country just for a couple weeks. You'll see it. Provincial Congress of Georgia, July 7th, 1775. Received from Savannah, His Excellency's answer to the message sent from Congress. Gentlemen, I have taken the opinion of His Majesty's Council relative to the request made by the gentlemen who have been assembled together by the name of a Provincial Congress and must premise that I cannot consider that meeting as constitutional, but as the request is expressed in such loyal and dutiful terms, and the ends proposed being such as every good man must most ardently wish for, I will certainly appoint a day of fasting and prayer to be observed throughout this province. I think it was Governor Wright. So, even though the governor didn't approve of the Provincial Congress, even at this late date, there was still an attempt by the colonists to reconcile. That's one thing. And again, we, we don't really have time to get into that today. But this day of fasting and prayer, you know, this was... This wasn't what we would consider today. This wasn't a day of pridefulness and arrogance and look at us and all we've done and all we're doing and how great we are. This was a day to humble themselves as the colonists, to turn to God in prayer, to fast, to not eat, to seek God's guidance. This wasn't something that they gave a hand wave to, that they, as we used to say in the Marine Corps, we pencil whipped, meaning you signed something, but you didn't really pay attention to what you were signing. You were just trying to get through with it. This wasn't something unimportant to these men and women. This was, this was something that affected the way that they lived, which we talk about on this podcast so often. If we really are going to fix our country and turn back to God, it's got to be fundamental, folks. It's got to be foundational in the way we live, the way we spend our time, our own personal actions, our interactions with our spouses, with our children, with our parents, neighbors, friends, family, community, the way we vote, the way we spend our money. Definitely, again, not perfect on this by any means. Never will be. <laughs> but I hope that I'm getting a little better with each passing day. All of this is pulled, by the way, today from the America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes. A phenomenal little book, along with the Patriots Bible and Founders Bible. I try and recommend pretty much every podcast. Uh, not everyone when we do some other things, but the phenomenal resources. I'll certainly recommend them in your home, and they really should be primary textbooks in every single classroom in the country.
Constitution of the State of Georgia, 1777, stated, We, the people of Georgia, relying upon protection and guidance of Almighty God, do ordain and establish this Constitution. Just trying to see how much time we had left. We may get one or two more from Rhode Island. That constitutional one from Georgia is important because it shows that even after the forming of the country during the time we were a Christian nation turning to God for his guidance, God the Father of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, not anybody else, not Allah, not Mother Nature, not Buddhism, Hinduism, but God the Father of Jesus Christ. Again and again and again you see this because we do this podcast five days a week and it's just almost every single one involves stuff primarily most of it that we haven't covered or at least a good chunk of it and we do try and go back and and hit some of these again for that muscle memory that we talk about but there's just so much it's overwhelming uh, which makes the passage of the 1947 decision of the supreme court completely impossible to believe unless you accept gross ignorance on the part of the supreme court justices or malevolence there's no way to assume that our founders ever wanted to kick God and Jesus Christ out of our public life, out of our institutions. If you know anything at all, even just the little bit that we've covered here in the podcast the last year and a half or so, not quite a year and a half. I wanted to get to a couple from Rhode Island. I'll tell you what, we'll read one. This is from the Colonial Patent of 1644, confirmed by the Royal Charter of 1663, which read, We submit our per persons, lives, and estates unto our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and to all those whose perfect and most absolute laws of his given us in his holy word, that they, pursuing with peaceable and loyal minds, sober, serious, and religious intentions of godly edifying themselves and one another and the holy Christian faith and worship together with the gaining over and conversion of the poor ignorant Indian natives to sincere professions and obedience to the same faith and worship a most flourishing civil state may stand and best be maintained grounded upon gospel principles In 1636, Roger Williams left Massachusetts with his followers for the purpose of religious freedom and founded Providence Plantation. It was there they established the First Baptist Church in America in 1639. We've always been a Christian nation, folks. Does that mean that everybody was Christian? No. But if we want this republic to last, we've got to turn back to him, and we can't. But it can't be uh, half-hearted, to say the least. It's got to be a fundamental shift in our lives, the way we operate. Um, and if we don't, then we have nobody to blame but ourselves for what's coming. And it is coming, folks. Every day it gets a little closer. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of whatever's left of your day. God bless you all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.